Welcome to Basketball Buzz, the show that combines three great things, Kentucky basketball, college basketball, and bourbon. I'm one of your three hosts, Arizona Terry. With me are Shay and Michael. Guys, how are we doing? Oh, we're doing okay. I'm doing okay, at least, managing. Man, it's, it's a wonderful night. I got my Colorado Avalanche on in the background. They just uh, faced off for game two against Edmonton. Uh, go Avs, go. Outstanding. I'm slightly buzzed already on this here drink. And, uh, you know, since we're talking about uh, bourbon, can we talk about what we're having tonight? Yeah, absolutely. I'll take this one first. So I'm actually drinking uh, the much hype, much ado about Jefferson's Ocean uh, Aged at Sea. This is their bourbon that's uh, Voyage 24. So if, if everyone doesn't know, Jefferson's Ocean uh, is from, I believe, Kentucky Artisanal Brewing. Um, they do something really, really interesting. Uh, it's basically like a blend of uh, different distilled bourbons that they age on a ship that travels around the world. And so they have multiple voyages. And right now they're on voyage 24. Now, I don't know exactly how long that they age it, but um, it's a very interesting concept. It's definitely a mid to higher in terms of price tier bourbon. Um, but we'll talk a little bit, you know, about the taste um, about and whether it kind of lives up to to how much it costs. So it's, it, it has quite a boilerplate bourbon taste. Uh, you know, those notes of caramel, vanilla. Um, it's not overly sweet, but there is some sweetness. However, when you, when, this bourbon is probably best enjoyed uh, with neat, not with ice. The ice a bit uh, waters down the flavor. So I recommend if you are gonna drink it, drink it neat. It's, it's 90 proof, a um, little bit of floral, a little bit of mint spices. Uh, a bit of fruit. So in my opinion, I think this is definitely uh, not bad by any measure. I'm definitely going to finish the bottle, but for the price, I think there are better bourbons you can, you can, you can bet. Um, if you're into the fan of the concept, I think it's a really novel concept. And so it might be worth trying once just for that. Um, another thing to keep in mind, again, they have multiple voyages and it is a blend of, uh, of bourbons. So you're not always going to have that consistency you can expect out of a bullet or makers or whatever your other favorite bourbon might be. So that's just something to keep in mind. But again, I think it's, it's, it tastes great, but at the price point, I think there are several better options. Now, when they say voyages, I mean, is a specific boat they put this on? What, what are we yeah, what are that's, talking about? That's, that, that's a good question. I think I need to do a little bit more research on that. Um, I think they have a various different boats and they're putting casks. And so I, the idea is the seawater has some special effects on the taste. And I can definitely say it does taste slightly unique, but not experimental. So it's probably it's, not a probably not a canoe on Cave Run Lake in Kentucky. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> Shay, I, I think it's actually been aged uh, three hours. It was a three-hour tour, and it was uh, <laughs> bottled by Gilligan and Skipper. Uh, I've had it. <laughs> I, I actually like it. I, I think it's pretty good. Um, I, I had it on the rocks but i think you're probably right it probably is better to be sip straight um guys we're, we're going to talk kentucky basketball tonight like we always do and it's almost time for some redemption therefore i'm drinking yes you guessed it redemption wow. so um i'm drinking redemption weeded bourbon and it's not something i would normally drink It'll give you the 51% corn, but it also has a 45% winter wheat as a part of the mash bill and 4% malted barley. Um, it's 96 proof. I actually think it's really, really smooth. Um, a, a lot of the bourbons that we talk about and that, that we drank here on the show, I've actually had before. Uh, for whatever reason, this is the first time that I'm ever having redemption. And it is delicious. On the nose, there's uh, a sage and a lavender. There's um, some typical vanilla, maybe even a little bit of cedar. Um, when, when you sip it, it's so silky smooth, uh, but there's some intenseness as well. Um, I, I'm tasting flavors uh, that would include uh, coffee, uh, hazelnut, uh, black pepper, I'm usually not somebody that likes that much uh, spice, 
but the spice that's here, uh, while not subtle, is also not completely overpowering. I'm I'm really enjoying this, and I, I I'd like to get your thoughts. I can't be the only one uh, trying this for the first time. You guys, have you had it before? And what do you think for the price point? And kind of going back to what Shay said, I think I paid forty eight bucks for the bottle. Um, you know that there may be better bourbons at that price point, but it's actually not bad. And I'm enjoying the fact that I'm having a brand new bourbon to me for the first time, and it's really pretty good. I've never had it, and I've thought about getting it many times. I passed over it. So I am glad you brought it on the show and talked about it because next time I'm in the liquor store, I'm just going to embrace that redemption. Take you know what to get. I haven't tried it. I mean, I think I have tried it, but I can't remember um, when or where that was. But I will say that uh, hearkening back to what Jacob, the bourbon, our bourbon steward, said, is that there are quite a few great bottles you can get for that um, 30 to 40, 30 to $50 mark. Again, Jefferson's Oceans, I think I bought it for about uh, $70 for 750 milliliters, which is, it's a pretty steep price for the most people. Probably not something you're just running through. So again, I think the, the sweet spot is definitely that $40 range. I totally agree. I, I think yeah. there's excellent bourbon at that $40 range, 30 to 50 got a lot of options and you know how bourbon is sometimes you're in the mood for certain bourbon and you'll have it one time and it tastes okay the next time you have it it's like oh it's excellent it just depends on your mood well guys i'm actually doing a cocktail tonight so i'm doing a kentucky mule and that is basically when you substitute vodka for bourbon which i would always recommend doing that and you need to have a moscow mule <laughs> mug right if you're going to have a mule you got to have a mule mug right is that copper? It's copper. And I'm using good old reliable bullet, right? 90 proof, spicy rye. It's it's a great bourbon, great price point, makes great uh, cocktails with. And this is like the most simplest thing in the world. You get your mug, you get a two to three ounces of bourbon or whatever you want to do. Ice, <laughs> and you use ginger beer. I use the Q, the little cans of ginger beer. I love them. Ice it down, a little lime juice, and then just stir it real well, and you're good to go. I mean, fun, yeah. easy cocktail. You got to throw those limes in too, right? If you got limes, tonight I didn't have uh, real limes, so I used some lime juice. I, yeah. I try to keep stuff. Yeah. I'm, at the, I'm at the condo in Phoenix, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't keep a lot of like fresh yeah. produce here. This is more <laughs> like I store potato chips. And bourbon. That's pretty much the only two things I have here. Yeah, just for reference, like a mule is any drink that includes ginger beer, yeah. ice, and generally served in the copper mug, sweetener, and lime juice. So you can do a vodka mule, Kentucky mule, gin mule. Um, I agree. Uh, the bourbon, the Kentucky mule is definitely my favorite. Um, and like you said, it's 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 a highly diluted drink. So all that ice, you could put a little bit extra uh, a little bit extra spirits in there. So I definitely yep. agree. Great drink. Great summer drink. A great summer drink. And one of the rare drinks that my wife will actually drink bourbon because she thinks <laughs> bur bourbon's strong to her. I say it's powerful. I don't say strong. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she likes those though. It's great. All right. So I love the bourbon part of the show. It's it's fantastic. But let's talk about, let's talk about basketball. So I got a couple agenda items and then we'll let Michael and Shay weigh in on the their takes on things but let's talk about four things we'll go beyond that but four things for sure the roster currently recruiting and i guess 2023 recruiting right um assistant coach potentials and we'll talk about the bahamas and the the trip this august so let's go first talk about roster development who wants to be the first one to sound off about it I'll go first, and I, I really didn't want to talk too much about this, but we talked previously, but uh, Shaden Sharp officially announcing he's staying in the dra draft. Um, I'll be honest, I think very few people really had a hope that he would come back, despite what he was saying. I had maybe one person very close to the situation tell me there's still a chance up until maybe about five days before he announced, and then they he switched. So that was really disheartening. It, it's more so it's a couple things like firstly you know it feels like our string of of bad luck with the home run 
type situations, always we always fall on the short end of it, and it kind of is becoming very, very, very frustrating. If it hasn't already been frustrating. And then secondly, I, you know, I'm not so mad at Shaden. Like, go get your money. You go do what's best for you. I have no problem with that. What I do have a problem with is holding the coaching staff hostage. Not the fans, but the coaching staff. Like, telling the coaching staff, like, hey, I'm coming back. Hey, I'm coming back. Number one, he didn't play last year when we really needed him, when um, our guards were quite injured. Number two, by telling his coaching staff, telling the coaching staff that I'm coming back or even giving that hope, it kind of hinders one way or another the coaching staff from recruiting other players by being able to say, hey, we have a completely open spot for you. A player's, another player could say, maybe what if Shaden comes back? They can't say, well, I don't know. You know, if he just said, I've gone from the beginning, they could have put the maybe a little bit more of a full court press on some new players. And, and number three, he deprives you of having him on the roster next year. So uh, it's kind of like getting screwed three times. And that's kind of why I'm very kind of upset with him and his camp. Because if he had just been honest from the get-go, I would have been completely okay with the decision. So, yeah, you know, kind of my quick thoughts on the on the shaded situation. I hope this is the last we ever talk about it. I don't really even want to talk about me, it anymore. Me too. <laughs> me too, Shay. I think it's yeah. – I'm ready to move on. Yeah. What do you think, Mike? Shay, Shay do, do you think that um, – I mean, because we're all kind of upset about this. And we're all venting right now, and that that's cool. Do you think that whatever the correct answer is – actually changed at any point during the year like I I know that Shaden said you know I, I'm coming here and I want to play do you think that it was his intention to play but at some point his camp said let's protect your draft stock let's not play because I, I think if that's the case that's kind of a different story like I, as much as I think some people are are down on Shaden because he didn't play like if he came to Kentucky and it was his intention to play but his camp said, don't do it. I think that's something else, something different that needs to be addressed. It's Dwayne, it changed... Dwayne Washington, right? You think he's the one that caused all this? Yeah, but I mean, at the end of the day, I really think the family and him were in on it. I don't think Cal was in on it. I think Cal was just trying to be respectful. And at the very least, he knew what he was going to do at the beginning of the summer when the season ended. And at that point, it would have been very easy and probably a very uh, a way to more so respect him if he just said hey i'm not coming back things changed you know i'm 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 eligible now for the draft when they i, I think they were covering their bases they were trying to get that fake diploma or that wishy-washy diploma in and once they got that news it was a done deal and so anything after that was a really a disservice to number one the staff and and as a wayside us the fans uh which is probably why he's going to leave a bad taste in his mouth it's hard to respect a camp like that. Um, if, if a camp says, hey, you know, things changed. We really feel like it's, it's best. You know, injuries happen. We all know that. So you, there's no guarantee that he's going to go top four next year. I know people say he'd come back, he could go top four. There's no guarantee. You could get injured. You, any number of things that happen. A bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. So I totally understand if you want to go to the draft, protect your draft stock, know that you have a limited time to, to earn that money. No problem with me. Just don't lie about it, especially when you know that your decision really affects a lot of dominoes down the down the road. And and it would have really helped us. Like, um, you know, maybe with Baylor Shireman, maybe with a couple other guys that we could have just slotted into that spot, promised minutes. So that's what frustrates me more. At the end of the day, Kentucky's gonna be okay. Um, we're gonna fill his points somehow or another. Other players are gonna step up. Uh, he's not the only talented player. He's really far from the, the finished product that he's going to be down the road. So we'll be fine. I think the loss of one player is really overrated in, in basketball. Um, so I think we'll be fine, but, but it's just a bad look. And I don't look at it with much, that situation with much respect. And I really hope we, we're never in that situation again. I hope we can avoid it. All right. So Sharp's gone. Toppin is officially back. So we pretty much have our roster with maybe one additional addition. Um, any thoughts about this? Any thoughts about this guy out of Illinois that is in the transfer portal? Well, I think first let's talk about Toppin. I mean, this this addition goes – or sorry, I'm calling it an addition, but the, him returning – um, I'm higher on Jacob Toppin than other people are. I think everybody on Twitter knows that. I'm, I'm really excited about the return of Jacob Toppin. He's a true senior. Uh, he's a guy that's got insane measurables. He really just needed playing time, in my opinion, to put it together. 
Uh, I think this was a situation where the staff kind of told Keon Brooks that, hey, you had your chance. Like, we got to give minutes to to other guys now to, because our ceiling is higher with them. And, I mean, you saw Keon's measurables when they came out. Uh, 6'6", 205 pounds. That's not getting the job done at power forward in the SEC. I'm sorry. Uh, now, I, now I realize why he had so much trouble defending people. He just doesn't have the size to. How can you ask a guy that size to guard Paolo, to guard right. Jabari Brooks? Like, that, it's yeah. just not fair to him. But you know who can guard those two guys or guys like those two guys is Jacob Toppin, who's probably a true 6'10 now, probably he, 230 he, pounds. Yeah, he's 6'10 he's six, he's six at least, right? Yeah, he's he's grown. He's big. He's a big I – mean, he's, he's good. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm on board with you. I'm a big Toppin guy, and there's people out there we won't name any names, but aren't, <laughs> aren't high on him. And I'm like, how can you not be? He is one good jump shot away from being a first rounder. He really is. And uh, had, uh, yeah, had, I think he is. Uh, maybe, maybe not a lotto guy, but he's a pro. And it's mm. not just us who feel that way. A lot of NBA scouts feel that way. Um, you know, I, I, I just heard a story the other day, maybe yesterday uh, about a, practice that a scout was at this season and his words were when I was watching practice I thought Jacob Toppin was the first round NBA pro and Keon Brooks was a transfer from Rhode Island Ouch. Shay Shay we, we, we talk in practice not the game sorry Brad not the game we talk in practice well, hey, if, you, if you could do a 360 dunk on the road at Auburn who was number one at the time and make it look like a layup I don't know man I just feel like good things happened when he was in the game. He was a monster defensively. Um, like like Terry said, he's a consistent jump shot away from being a first-round draft choice. And, I, and he showed throughout the season that he was slowly getting more comfortable shooting it. And offseason, just working on that, maybe even adding a, a, a okay of 30. If he could shoot 31, 32% from three, that would be amazing. He maybe only yeah. needs to take like half a game, ha- average maybe half a three a game maybe tops one three a game at the most. If he averages three, three sixty dunks a game, that's good <laughs> enough for me. So <laughs> no. So uh, uh Michael, Michael doesn't believe why. Michael Michael doesn't believe this. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not a believer. I, I'm not. Um I, Michael look, Michael it, Scott Clark, tell us why you don't <laughs> like Jacob Toppin. <laughs> wow. That that seems like a setup. Um I, you know what? I, I, I love the guy. He's fantastic. Um, you know, Jake, if, if you want to go have lunch, you know, hit me up. It's good. Um, I, I see the potential that's there. And Terry, I think you're right. If he's able to develop a 12 to 15 foot jumper that is consistent, I think that's only going to serve to bolster his game. I'm not convinced that he's going to be able to do that. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope he's been in the gym. I hope he's been a gym rat and he's been taking a thousand shots a day from, from 12 to 15 feet, because if he develops that, he's going to be a problem for defenses. But I have a hard time believing that that's where it's going. He's not his brother. He may have some similar characteristics. He's better. He can jump out of the gym. No, 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 no. Shit, come on. Come on. This is a great, great discussion. I love this. You, you can't say he's better. I, first of all, he's not he, make, he makes better today. TikTok videos than his brother. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you know, we, we probably all three could. Um, uh, until he's actually pulling down a paycheck from the Knicks, I'm not in a position to say that he's better than his brother. I'm joking. But, yeah. but, maybe he could be. Like, I, 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 I'm not a hater. I can get on board with him, and I think we're all going to have to get on board with him because he may be ultimately one of the keys to next year's squad getting to a Final Four. Because, guys, I, if, if my math is correct, and um, I'm usually pretty good at math, we only have 10 scholarship players. Now, m- maybe we add somebody else, but currently, do we not only have 10 scholarship players? That's correct. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. But we, we got a couple walk-ons that can actually play that are coming yeah. in. So we'll have bodies for practice. I mean, Cal doesn't really go that deep anyway. And I, I completely took a 180 on this. Um, I really thought depth was really, really important. But if you look at the final four teams, they played like seven, eight guys. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the standard, right? I think depth is important during the season, but in the, in, in the NCAA tournament, depth isn't as important, but um, we I mean, needed guys. 
We right. needed de- we needed depth when we had all the injuries, right? It would have been great to have had yeah. an extra player. Depth is really only an issue if you have injuries or foul yeah. trouble. So just quickly going back to Brooks, like I understand the hesitation and I I think looking at his body of work last season, you've got to put an asterisk on it because he was severely limited in my opinion by playing time. Now, like the per 36 minute per 40 40 minute numbers look really good, but that's assuming that someone keeps that same intensity throughout the game. But I really think that he brings a lot of intangibles to the court. He brings a lot of energy. He brings great attitude. Uh, he makes elite defensive plays. He's an elite athlete. Um, the shot mechanics from the waist up look really good. So it's in his ability, in my opinion, to be a decent shooter. I think he's got to work on on uh, uh, below the waist, getting the feet set, because his feet are all kind of all over the place when he shoots the ball. But we'll talk about it later. But I think that's something that the new coaching staff can, the new new assistant coach can help him with. Um, he, yeah, that- he has the potential to be one of the best glue guys in the nation. <laughs> You, you tell on top and that he's got work to do below the waist. I'm going to have to take another drink. I would love to have one hey. of his week, weekends in Lexington. Maybe we should have a – you get some advice from Wenyon, right? <laughs> oh, Wenyon, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'd like to have one weekend of his in Lexington. Uh, all right. Roster. Any – are we going to add anybody else, Shay, or is Cal going to say, I like my team? We're good. Well, he's definitely going to say, I like my team. That's for sure. Um, I'm we, hoping... should, we should play bingo every time Cal talks, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Th- th- there's bingo. some drinking games. Take a shot. <laughs> we would get so fucked up. We'd be like, well, let's just I think do that. What, let's it, do that. It, what is it? I remember the Twitter group chat. I said like four things that Cal says. You got to be a good coach. You got to yell, go. You got to say, I like my team. You just gotta say I can't hide you. I forget what the fourth <laughs> one was. <laughs> I can't hide you. I love that. Um, one. So, I, I, so one thing to note is it's really difficult to add someone that is a starter caliber player and promise that that, that is a, I think what everybody wants is I think everybody wants a wing, um, and then promise them any minutes. Uh, so I think one of the options is Jacob. Oh, sorry, is it a uh, uh, Grandison from Illinois? Yeah. Um, a very good player. Um, he's played at Holy Cross, I believe. So he's a mid-major transfer to Illinois. He was kind of like a glue guy at Illinois. He played the three. He played a little bit of the four. Uh, can shoot the ball really well, but can't really put the ball in deck. Kind of like similar, probably like I would say maybe similar to Grady. Uh, I think Grady's a little bit better than him. Um, you know, it, it, he's very close with Chin and Tigua. So I heard that Kentucky is going to be a player. The question is, I haven't heard much more. It's been quite quiet, so that might be a good thing for UK. But the question is, does he want to go be a role player somewhere, or does he want to go get minutes somewhere? That's so, that's the question right there. That's the difficulty yeah. coming to Kentucky. Yeah. Who, who wants to do that? Six I mean, foot, we'll talk about it. Wing. Yeah. We'll talk about it later, but I think that that two three spot is pretty well covered by Reeves, CJ Frederick, Casey Wallace. Uh, Chris Livingston. There's a lot of guys at that spot that I don't know if anyone's going to come in. And that's why we added a guy like Adu Fierro, who looks actually, if I don't know if you saw that picture with him and his dad, he looks close to six, seven now. Um, he grows an inch every that, day. Yeah. He's a guy that uh, his mom's six, four, I think something like that. So Do you he, imagine having a, a six, four mom. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even so, imagine. Personally, I think that the really more ideal or realistic options that we have left are reclass big men mm-hmm. like i've heard the name Uganda kingsley a potential reclass guy very very uh long athletic shot blocking big that's raw uh or maybe a reclass of dillingham which is which is kind of unlikely so i i realistically think the roster is set can we talk about dilly you think there's potential for a reclass with wheeler uh, being on board i think there's an outside chance but I, I think that it doesn't make much sense for Dillingham to reclass to this year. He's verbally said he doesn't want to. He also said he decommitted from, from uh, NC State because they asked him to reclass. But I think there were some other factors with his circle. Um, yeah. Him getting rid of certain people in his circle uh, of why he didn't end up going there. So I think it's unlikely. Um, yeah. The fit isn't really there. I think the best fit is kind of a depth big. And, you know, Michael, do you – you think that Oscar needs another guy other than Lance 
I mean, really, when it comes to bigs, we have Lance, right? I mean, I don't, I don't see Toppin coming in and doing Lance work for for Oscar if he gets in foul trouble. No, I mean, Lance is going to do Lance work. Um, I, I'm looking at the roster based on uh, a couple weeks ago, and you guys think Toppin may be 6'10 now, but literally two weeks ago, he's listed at 6'8". There is nobody on this roster that is listed at higher than 6'9". So I, I, I don't believe it. Uh, well, you know what? I, I don't know the last time that Kentucky didn't have at least one player that was above 6'9". But as far as Oscar goes, like, uh, Oscar's going to be Oscar. This is going to be, um, yeah. if you guys remember Seinfeld, uh, the, the, the summer of George, this is going to be <laughs> the winter of Oscar. Uh, Oscar is coming back as the National Player of the Year, and he's going to have a battle on his hands, I think, with Drew Timmy. Now, yeah, yeah now that Timmy's basically by himself, Chet is going to the NBA. Um, those two guys are going to battle for National Player of the Year, and I don't think that Oscar really needs anybody else. Uh, but it's going to be interesting because I don't think that we have a true five. This will be the, the college basketball big man year. There's a lot of big men in college basketball next year. With Oscar and Baycott, all these bigs are back. To be all honest, I would not be surprised if by the end of the year, the best big man is Adama Sanogo from UConn. What I, do know, I, I honestly do not expect Oscar to have the same year. And let's be real, we actually don't want that. We want a balanced offense where we have a lot of other guys contributing. We, we, don't, we don't want to have that again. We want to have outside shooting, mid-range shooting. We want a balanced offense where we don't have to completely rely on Oscar. So, That's my opinion. So going back to what Michael said, so you saw Toppin's measurables at 6'8". Is that from the NBA draft? It is. Is it 6'8 barefoot or 6'9 in shoes? Oh, that's a good question. It's I, barefoot. I, I don't know. Yeah. And what, what did he weigh? Because looking at his previous measurables throughout his – when he joined Rhode Island, he went from 6'7", like 190 pounds, to, to 6'9", 200 pounds. And I just by the eye test, he may be 6'9", but he's probably a pretty good wingspan, got great athleticism, and he's definitely up to 220 pounds at least, in my opinion. He looks he looks like he's filled out a lot compared to where, what the player – he the small forward – he was at at Rhode Island, and I think he's a perfect size for for a college five man. Um, we're playing small. I think we're playing like one of those old Villanova teams or Cal's old Memphis teams. That's kind of how our team is built. Uh, talking about Cal's old Memphis teams, I think you're absolutely correct. There are so many players in the roster that are between six five and six nine. Like I, I think it. I, I don't want to say it's interchangeable parts, but. Um, you know, we, we talked about uh, uh, Reeves and we talked about Livingston. Like, I, I don't know who's going to be the two, the three, the four. I think there are some interchangeable parts here, which is really, from my perspective, um, I, I think that's great. Uh, I don't necessarily need to have everybody being able to play one and only one position locked into whatever their, their number is. But pointing out that we probably don't have a true five in terms of somebody that will always and only play low post, somebody that would be 6'10 and above, and somebody that would be able to guard the five on the other end, I, I, I assume that's going to be Oscar. But if it's not, it's not. Um, I, I like the idea of Kentucky being able to get out and run. And if you play a, a three-guard offense – or a two-guard, three-forward offense, I think you allow Cal and staff to be able to do more than if it was just, hey, let's enter the ball into the low post, let's post up, let's do this, let's do that. Um, I, I don't want that. I want more possessions per game. And if that means that we need to have a three-guard offense or two guards and three forwards, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and we we were consistently top ten in offensive efficiency the entire season. So 
even the loss of St. Peter's, it wasn't the offense that was the problem. It was the defense. So this this is slated to be a very good defensive team and an yes, equal, sir. if not better, offensive team. So that that's certainly good news for someone like me who's a Debbie Downer con- consistently. Like, that's, that's definitely a good thing. But I want to go back to what you talked about, about Livingston. So first thing, uh, I just want Livingston's move-in photo. I, I hate to just talk about pictures because pictures would be deceiving. But he looks huge. Yep. <laughs> he looks big. He's a he big boy. Ready. He looks boy. ready to play play college basketball. He looks ready to play NBA basketball. He looks like Jalen Brown. Um, I that's a great comparison. But but the question is: Is Livingston a two like he said he was? Is he a no. three? Is he a four? What position is he? Three or a four, but he's an undersized four. He needs to be able to shoot from the outside to spread the floor. And, Can he do this? And he made, yes. he made massive improvements shooting the ball he's probably a three I don't think he actually gets many minutes at the two I I I think that's going to be crowded I I don't see that happening which is fine like the idea that Kentucky may may be able to put three guys in the court at any one time that can stretch and shoot the three that excites me because when I go back to Ken Palm and I look at the three areas that I feel like Kentucky needs to have needs to show the most improvement in um, one of those is three point attempts. Kentucky ranked 351st. And remember guys, there's only 358 division one teams last year from Ken Palm. Holy and, shit. Right. 351 out of 358 in three point attempts. And on top of that, we lost Grady who actually was 88 out of 211 and was our leading three point shooter. So we're going to need to be able to have multiple guys on the floor at the same time that can do that. We really didn't much last year. I mean, it was arguable that um, when when Grady was on the floor and Ty Ty was on the floor, that was an option. But even at that, like Ty Ty wasn't known for his three point shooting, and Grady, with his issues later in the year, fell off as well. Um, I, I think we've got a lot of work to do, and that's why I'm so excited about Antonio Reeves. Like, yep, that that, that guy is a high volume shooter, a high volume scorer, but he's going to hit the three ball, and I think he's going to more than make up for uh, Grady's loss. I, I think if we get a healthy CJ Frederick, that's going to fill a void as well because. The, the dude is a flat-out shooter. I, I would Shep? not be surprised to see him start. Next I, I, to, I expect uh, him to start. start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. I, I said, guys, I said shart. Let, let, let's talk starters. Let's talk. Who are your starters? Yeah. Wheeler. I'm going to – yep. Frederick. I'm going to go Wheeler, Kaysen. Yeah. Wheeler, Kaysen, Frederick. Hopkins. Livingston. You going? You going to Toppin? Okay, okay. Not your sixth and man, Oscar. Oscar. All right. So I think we're all close. I've got Wheeler, Wallace, Reeves, Livingston, and Sheboy. I think we're probably all like maybe one away from that. But here's my takeaway: the fact that the three of us can get on the same page with at least four out of the same five starters means that there's going to be some continuity to this club. And if if CJ is able to come off the bench, knock down some threes, and hopefully guard somebody or two occasionally, uh, sky's the limit for the, for the squad. So, I, I really believe that. Yeah. So if you start severe, and you start Fred CJ, you start Toppin, and you start Oscar, that's four seniors. Wow. Has Cal ever done that at Kentucky? <laughs> I don't think Cal's ever done that ever. Probably <laughs> maybe UMass. Maybe but I, UMass. But I I love that so much. Like yeah, leader leadership. Like you're not gonna throw anything at this team that's gonna be something unusual. They're gonna be able to handle that adversity. Oh, I would yeah, I totally mean, dig that. I, I honestly think it's understated. Like yes, Antonio Reeves finally have a guard other than C.J. Frederick. Sorry, other than a, a, a Kaysen that can break down the defense, get to the basket at will. Something we didn't have last year, especially with the injured tie tie. Um, but CJ Frederick is a senior, one of the best shooters in the nation when he played. 
He played at the highest level of college basketball. He was one of the better players in the highest level of college basketball on a very good team. That's something not to be, you know, guys, there's a huge jump from mid-major basketball to high-major basketball. And CJ Frederick's already proven they can do it. Um, on, in all honesty, I, like I've kind of told you guys that, you know, Malachi, is it Malachi Smith that committed to, uh, to um, Gonzaga today? I always take mid-major transfers with a grain of salt because here's an example. Like Kellen Grady, great for us last year, but Kellen Grady was one of the most amazing mid-major players of all time. He was basically almost like the equivalent of unstoppable from his position at, uh, at, Davidson. at Davidson. And, and he came to Kentucky and he looked, he looked good, but he was human. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There was a transition period when yeah. you go from that to the SEC. You're not going to need that with C.J. Frederick. He was not a mid-major player. If he was a mid-major player, he would be putting up 20 a game. And, and Frederick, the thing we got to remember, everybody always talked about he was a sneaky good defender. Yeah. Like he's a little more athletic than we talk about. Good size, what, 6'4", six, 6'5"? Six, I mean, he's listed as 6'3", but he looks bigger. Yeah. He's, but, he's, um, he's a better athlete than – People give him credit for but it. We, we, don't, we just need him to be a heady player that makes shots, which is what he's going to do. Kick uh, the ball, Kentucky Wheeler. Kid. Pass yeah. the ball, Wheeler. Yeah. Drill and, it. And Boom. Going back, I know we're skipping around a lot, but going back to Livingston, I, I know Livingston, one of the, the biggest knocks on him. Firstly, I mean, he's he's a, a guy that uh, th- this is what you'll really like to see. Like people had issues with him or told him things he needs to work on in his, college, in his high school career. And he actually worked on those things. You know, he actually got better at shooting. He worked on shooting. He went to Oak Hill, challenged himself. And another big complaint or, you know, suggestion they had, he, he was kind of stiff. He kind of played kind of an upright style of basketball. Um, he has been said he's working on his, uh, working on his flexibility via yoga, um, colloquially called, you know, wiggle. He's been working on his wiggle so he can play more of that three position, that two position like he wants to play, come off. He, he wants to be a more dynamic player because I think he knows that his future in the league is probably not at the power forward position. Although, you know, the league's going smaller. So I don't know if, uh, if that, that's such a bad idea, but you know, he's, he's working on his wiggle. <laughs> people are very high funny. on him going, people are very high on him going into, uh, going into uh, his college career. He's definitely trending up. So Michael, you should work on your wiggle. You're playing, playing pool at the <laughs> damn grill. I mean, uh, we all work on a wiggle. Uh, Terry, speaking of damn grill, I'm so disappointed. <laughs> we actually owed it to our listeners for you wow. to head down south after damn grill to sing Vill- uh, uh, Ice Ice Baby, Vanilla Ice. <laughs> we, we, we told our people that we were going to do that. And what happened? I got hammered drunk and I couldn't talk <laughs> anymore. And you went to the karaoke place and there was like a huge crowd yeah you couldn't even do your normal thing yeah there were so many people uh i was there for two hours and sang one song do they Uh, do it every night there karaoke or just tuesdays no no, it's it's only on tuesdays so i'm pretty sure that means you have to come back on a tuesday we have to come earlier and then go to the damn grill later uh but but we did have some fun playing pool and we, we did drink the bourbon I mean, this is basketball buzz. Holy we did drink the bourbon. I, I, I was sipping on uh, Maker's Mark. I was drinking, actually, uh, triples on the rocks. It was amazing. They take care of me. They take care of us. They love Kentucky. It's not a Kentucky bar, but there are servers there who will wear Kentucky gear from time to time. So, so that's, that, that's your plan for next season? Turn it into a Kentucky bar on game day. Ooh, you got to do that. And then Shay will get on a flight from John Wayne yeah. to Denver and I will come up there too. And then we will burn that bar to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that we could turn it into a Kentucky bar. Uh, it, 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 it has no other collegiate uh, alliances, not even CU or CSU. Okay. Um, I so, will yeah. send. I will send them some flags and stuff. We we, we could totally take care of that. Okay. Uh, also, speaking of CSU, uh, David Roddy did announce that he's going to keep his name uh, in the NBA, and I believe he's going to be successful. He's got a body type for it. 
He actually worked out yesterday, I think, with the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I, I would love to see David Roddy doing his thing at the next level. He made CSU a top 20 basketball school, which I previously thought was not even possible. I will miss him immensely. CSU does have three other returning starters. So, you know what? Maybe in the Mountain West, they're competitive. Uh, but uh, David Roddy, I love you, guy. You're my person. Go get it at the next level. To Roddy. To Roddy. All right. We talked about the roster. Antonio Reeves. We talked about Toppin. Let's talk about this potential assistant coach opportunity for a certain KT Turner. Really intrigued wow. by this guy. And I, I, I actually did some research and got some feedback. I think this is a good good guy to go for. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's moved past potential. I know UK hasn't really said anything yet, um, but all the smoke leads towards him. I found out the night before it came out. I think I told, told you guys. Uh, this name was trending. So um, he has a pretty impressive resume. Uh, may not be like the biggest name that people have heard of, but he he's he's worked under some really good coaches. He's worked under Larry Brown, who was the guy who who recommended him to Calipari. You know, keep in mind, like Larry Brown is Cal's mentor. They worked together oh, yeah. in Kansas, a couple other spots. Uh, legendary coach Larry Brown. He's worked for Porter, Porter Mosher who uh, I believe was the Chicago Loyola coach and now is coaching in Oklahoma. Uh, he's worked with, um, uh, I don't know who else, I think, who, who was at uh, Wichita State? That Wichita State, uh, the, uh, Greg Marshall. Greg and, Marshall. And um, if, you, if you can work under Greg Marshall and his crazy-ass wife, yeah. you can do a lot of things. He's crazy. So, so the book on Katie Turner is that he's, his teams have won and gone far in the tournament every place he's, he's been to. Now, keep in mind, no knock on Jai, but that's something that Jai's teams have never done. You know, Jai's, Shade, yeah, the big thing was player development. And yeah. that's something that they really wanted to go for. And that's something that was Jai was lacking. Exactly. And so I think Cal took a not so subtle jab at him when he looked when he said what we're looking for in the next assistant coach. Um he's he doesn't have a big recruiting resume yet, but from all people that we're in the know. People are in the industry say that he's a he's a fine recruiter. He's been responsible also for developing some NBA talent. Talent semi semi Oje, Oje, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Ojele Ojele. Sounds <laughs> uh, good to me. Played at, Duke, played at Duke. Played at SMU. Um, Sterling Brown, Shake Milton um, have all lauded his uh, his uh, player development ability. Kai Jones, who was at Texas, uh, he coached at Texas uh, very recently under under Shaka. He replaced Jai actually right. at Texas. Kai Jones is very similar players to like uh, like Damian Collins to Jacob Toppin. So um, he was really brought in to, to be that player development guy that we lacked since KP. Um, and, and everyone says he really relates to players. He's really going to make sure that Texas pipeline stays open. Yep. Uh, not that Kentucky was doing bad in Texas by any means. They've gotten the best player out of Texas like almost every time. Uh, you know, Maxie, Randall, uh, Harrison Twins. Um, most recently, Case and Wallace, they're going to be fine in Texas. Damian Collins, uh, even without Jai, they were doing fine. So he's he's going to help that. And then, and then most recently, I know Kentucky's relationship with the Mocan Elite AAU program was really damaged because of what happened with Sky and what happened with Bryce Hopkins. Both guys were at Mocan Elite. Player Sky was kind of forced out. Bryce Hopkins wasn't super happy with his role. Uh, Casey Turner just so happens to be the best friend growing up with the founder of the Mocam program. So that immediately <laughs> fixes that relationship. So, that suck. So, so basically Cal did some strategic account management and he has mended that relationship and he's going to yeah, bring I on mean, a guy that's going to be good for player development. I'm surprised because we kept hearing about how it was going to be an NBA guy and the timing kind of made sense that it was going to be an NBA guy. And then it ends up being yeah. a college guy. And then word comes out that, Hey, you know, um, he's been targeted at him for, for years now. So that's definitely a good thing. Um, and from people in the know, people in the industry, like Travis Graff, other people have, have told me that he's a fantastic coach. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't have the name recognition that Jai has, but like Jai's kind of name out preceded his, his is, actual is he, li is he a little bit hyped? Is he a little bit hyped? A bit, Jay? yeah, a little bit hyped, a little bit hyped. 
I mean, he, he, he really needs to work on his player development, really needs to work on his coaching ability. At Duke, whose recruiting class is completely done for like two seasons, he really doesn't really even need to have to recruit much. It's going to be really now his turn to learn how to coach. So KT Turner's already a guy that knows how to coach and will produce recruits at Kentucky. So I'm very excited about that. But Sham God would have been pretty cool. Yeah, I would have been super excited about God, Sham God. He's the player development coach at, uh, at, um, at, for the Dallas Mavericks. He's got, he's got a very good relationship with that New York, New Jersey area that, um, that, that Cal and his team were, are, are, are super locked in on. Um, some other names that I heard were, were Chris Quinn from the, from the Miami Heat, but he's probably in line for head coaching job. Greg, Greg St. John, Rod Clark, who's the assistant coach, kind of in the same mold as Jai at Tennessee. Um, he's only 29 years old. Jarence Howard, who's been linked to a UK assistant job for, for years now. Brian Hodgson, who's like an elite recruiter at Alabama. Um, and Mike Nardi, who's like a very young and upcoming coach at Villanova, but he's kind of a Nova guy through and through. So it'll be hard to get him. So it's definitely not a bad hire. I think we're going to be surprised because um, I, I feel like Jai didn't really live up to what we expected him to at UK. He got us Damian Collins, but that was to be the truth is that, that was pretty much it. That's about it because <laughs> Kaysen yeah. was coming. Kaysen was going to come to Kentucky, yeah. right? I, I will say that, you know, obviously Cal kind of handcuffed him a bit. So to yeah. Say, yeah. But but like from my from my sources, I hear Kaysen was coming. Kaysen's family is the Wallace family is very close with the Maxi family. Yeah, Ty, Tyree sold it right there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and KT is going to help us now with a couple other big, uh, uh, big guys like uh, Trey Johnson. Um, there's another guy at Mocan, a big, I can't remember his name, but Trey Johnson, who's like one of the top five players, will immediately consider Kentucky now. So that's really great to fix that program. Um, Isaiah Mosley, who's kind of a transfer that Kentucky decided to pass on, but he's a guy that's a Mocan guy. So that's something to keep in mind. I don't know if Kentucky explores him um, moving forward. He seems to be a Kansas lean. So we'll see. All right. So. Pretty much, we're on like KT Turner watch the next week or so. It, it probably. I think, will it, I, I think it's pretty done. It's pretty much done. Okay. All right. We'll talk about recruiting twenty twenty three. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, unfortunately, there's some of the other bad news that came out this week. Is a lot of insiders feel very strongly that DJ is moving towards U of L, which is really, really, really disheartening. Um, I don't know if Kentucky could have done anything else in this recruitment. It's just another series of where Kentucky loses the number one guy of some family connection, some other X, Y, Z stuff. It's, it's definitely a really bad PR look. Um, I really wanted DJ for that reason. He's a proven commodity. He's been a great player for, for years. The silver lining might be that Robert Dillingham is nearing a decision um, and that all all decisions look like this time, finally, he's going to choose UK. Remember, he's the guy that was leading yep. UK, went elsewhere. Dillingham is the kind of mold of player like Casey Wallace, like De'Aaron Fox, that we haven't had in a while. He's definitely more talented. He has more high-end ceiling than, than DJ does. DJ is going to be a very good college player, but DJ isn't probably going to be as much of an impact player that Dillingham could be. He's probably the fastest guard in, 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 in that class. He's best shot creator um so you know i'd love to have them both because dj's clearly a two and dillingham's clearly a point but i guess that's the that's the good news but um maybe it's a situation where kentucky saw where it was going and and kind of decided to move in a different direction but it's pretty yeah. disheartening considering we probably recruited him since he was born so so michael <laughs> kenny Payne goes to louisville and he'd be taking our guy we've had pretty much on our board for years. I mean, what, what are your thoughts about this? I mean, I'm sure I, I had, I wonder what the relationship between Kenny and, and Cal is right now, because are they just like, whatever, man, you just do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. Don't you have to wonder, like, are they, are they eating meals together? Are they going to go out to a fine meal or is it more antagonistic right now? I, I, I don't know. I know that, Cal is a people person, and he wants everybody that he has contact with to be successful. I I think this is where you know worlds collide right now because how successful do you want somebody to be when they make themselves a direct competitor? 
But whether we get Wagner or not, and I, you know what? I, I, I love DJ Wagner. I love his game. But from what I've heard, um, he may not be growing as a player as much now as he did three, four years ago. So that, that's, that's something. But I, there are other players that are on the table for us. Um, Shay, I don't know what you know about Justin Edwards, but I think Justin Edwards actually made a pretty big leap from the ninth overall player to the third overall ranked player. A guy that um, has some size. I think he's six seven. Uh, he has the ability to play a two or three or four. He can hit 40 percent from three point range. Like I, I feel like that regardless of whether we get DJ Wagner or not, there are other players in this class of twenty twenty three that Kentucky can land and will be just fine. That being said, I mean, would I love DJ Wagner? I mean, like, of course I would. But if he doesn't, I don't want the, the Kentucky haters out there to look at this and be able to point at this and say, Cal missed again. There are other pieces to this puzzle, so just chill. So I actually have many things in response to say. So, so the question is, are they having dinner together? I actually know the answer to that. Ooh. Oh, okay. Want- Do tell. At this point in Cal's career, yes, they were spotted having dinner together with Dewan Wagner Sr., with Bruiser, Kenny Payne, Cal. They were all having dinner together. They're all the best of friends, no matter which way this turns out. I would not but even Shay, be surprised. Shay, w- were they at Porcini's or did they go to Subway? Ah, I heard they were. I heard they were. They were. They were eating a nice sit-down dinner in Louisville. You know, it's a steak. two weeks ago. Got to be a steak. Yeah. yeah, that's what I heard. They were all together. They're all still very close. I would not be surprised, and we'll never find out, but I would not be surprised if Cal is throwing Kenny Payne a bone with DJ Wagner. That inner, really? cir- that inner circle, man. Because I get the feeling, and I'm, I'm not trying to be the, the positive, positive guy that I usually am, but I get the feeling from people I talk to that Cal actually prefers Dillingham and another guy that I'm about to talk about to DJ Wagner, because DJ Wagner, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's actually even improved. But DJ Wagner is not even on the Brandon Knight tier. He's lower than that. He's not De'Aaron Fox. Dillingham has the opportunity to be on the tier of those guys. So he's the bigger miss than DJ Wagner would be, although DJ Wagner has been good for so long that that's why he's the number one player. He's just been consistent. You know what you're going to get with him. He's a high-volume shooter. He hasn't always shot the best. He really doesn't make the guys around him very much better. But you know what? He gets the job done. I think at the freshman level at college, he's going to be a solid 15-point-per-game guy, 14-point-per-game guy. You know, sim- I actually think Ty Ty's better than him coming into college. So that's what I have to say about that. But well, there was a, to, and, Yeah, there was a what? point that DJ was actually was going pretty well. Then he had a drop. And he yeah. actually he kind of come back recently. He's come back yeah. recently. His spring was a lot better. Um Saying that, Dillingham has been even better than DJ Wagner of recent. Of recent, and he's so, so shit. He's so shifty. I mean, I love yeah. Dillingham's shiftiness. The sh- shot's a little wonky, but he is mm. a lightning quick, awesome player. Uh, I got comp- compared to like Darius Garland, um, maybe like a Scottie Pippen Jr. type of player, like, but possibly like, you know even better going to college. Now, the reason that. <laughs> We maybe that Cal may be throwing him a bone is because he wants Dillingham and then he wants another player because it looks like Justin Edwards is trending towards Tennessee. And so Ugh. Justin, ah. yeah, vomit. Justin, Justin Edwards really wants to be the guy somewhere and not a part of a good team. And it seems like Tennessee is selling him on being the guy, even though in the last weekend's EYBL, he didn't look so great on his AU team Mm. being the guy. And knowing that, Cal seems to be prioritizing a guy in the 2024 class who seems like he's going to be reclassing, and that guy's named Ian Jackson. Uh, Tell us more. So Ian Jackson's currently like the second-ranked player in 2024. If he moves into 2023, he'll definitely be a top 10, top, top five guy. 
Uh, his game is very similar to Terrence Clark, rest in peace. Ooh, um, but possibly Ooh. even more athletic, even more fluid. I think he's a little bit better than Clark at the same age. He's from Brooklyn, so uh, I mean, anything can happen with Kentucky basketball, but Antigua's super locked in on this recruitment. Chin's really locked in on this recruitment, and uh, he's got that dog in him. That's what we're looking for, guys with that dog that, that Jaden didn't have. That right, Kale Mike? Didn't really have. Michael, we yeah. want this, right? Want that dog? Dude, favorite player from Brooklyn who's ever played for Kentucky, let me tell you, it's got to be Ed Davner, Boys and Girls High School. I loved Ed Davner as a kid. R.I.P., baby. Yep. That Those New York, New Jersey guys, they got to grow up in a rough, like rough areas. They got to grow up tough. Isaiah Briscoe, you don't, they don't come in and they don't, they're not scared of anything. They've they're already not, seen it all. They're so, not yeah. soft. They're not soft. It, there's a reason why, uh, why, why there's the term New York City point guard. Now, there's a reason. Well, I love him. That. No, I, that's yep, what yeah. I want every year. So I don't want, I don't want a pussy. Get, get yep. a real guy. Yeah. God, speaking of New York City Park God, that's God Sham God. That's why I was like, oh, God Sham God. I come know. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Game, set, match. It's over. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Ian Jackson is arguably the more talented guy between him and Justin Edwards. Although, I love Justin Edwards. He's my favorite player in the class. I'm going to root for him wherever he goes. I just, because he reminds me of Tayshon, who's like my favorite oh, player ever. That's your favorite guy. And, yeah. Yeah. So, he reminds me so much of Tayshon. Uh, but, um you know, maybe Tayshawn was better in high school, but Ian Jackson's even better. So if we get Ian Jackson, Robert Dillingham, Reed Shepard backcourt, including the guys that we come back like like Reeves, CJ Frederick's got another year of eligibility. Um, Dude, Houston. yeah, I think we're on a we're on a roll. We just got to get to a Final Four in Houston next year, yeah. so we can crash at Michael's friend's house. And keep guys, in mind, like all the yeah, if we're in the Final Four next year in Houston. I've got clients, and I've got a mother-in-law and a father-in-law. we got plenty of places to crash. It's all good. I'm going to cry. And, <laughs> and it, is, it is the truth that the, uh, the transfer portal is the, – there's a huge difference between college guys now and high school guys. And yeah. the emphasis has been on the transfer portal more than – it's really shifting. So, um, you know – Don't you, don't you get I, more excited about the transfer portal? I, I, I do because you know what you're going to get. Like, I, am I going to take uh, a freshman? I don't know. Uh, DJ Wagner. Or am I going to take a, a super senior CJ Frederick? I'm going to take a super senior CJ Frederick. You know, that's, I'm sorry. That's the matter of, of, of fact. So, um, but let me keep talking about like uh, Matas. Muzella's dropped his top five oh, today. Yes. No Duke. Uh, I know. So, I was yeah. like, wow. So basically there's classes. They don't have any, sp- they don't have any space. They've used like six scholarships already. So, way to go, Johnny boy! <laughs> and all their guys are trending down. Way to go, Johnny! Dude, way to take I over for Coach K, there, bud. I love a six-ten guy that can shoot forty percent from three. Montes is going to be our guy. We are going to love him. Fantastic. I hope so, but I mean, there's, there's the the. Uh, I've heard four different. I've heard four different. Uh, four different options for him like someone told me fsu is a lock he's a lock for florida state oh is there oh for fuck's sake yeah and then someone told me that that uk and unc lead and then uh travis branham came out today and said that okay g league is is a a big option even though he himself said i'm not going pro and then left g league on his uh on his but the good news is he didn't choose duke which everyone thought he was a duke lock for the longest time he looked like a duke he looks like Duke. Yeah. yeah they have a look yeah, so I just don't see the fit at Kentucky because it's like Leonard Miller. He's very like similar in the way that like a big point forward. Cal likes his point guards. I don't see the fit with DJ like with a uh, with a uh, Dillingham. However, I've heard that Dillingham is a very popular guy in high school, and if you pair him with shooters, that will be amazing. And they're two guys that are rising, and that's Andrei Stojakovic, Peja's son, and Milan oh. Momsilovic who are two American players of Eastern European descent. Eastern Euros that can hit yeah. threes, right? But they're American guys. They're American kids. Grew up in America. Yeah. Played American high school basketball. Uh, something to keep in mind is, I mean, Stojakovic is going to visit UK. He loves UK. Um, I don't know if he's like a lock, but, you know, he likes UK. I like, Lovich, ge- I like genetics. I think, I believe in yeah. genetics. Momsilovic, yeah. Momsilovic plays for Tyler Team Hero. 
He plays for Tyler Hero's dad. So Kentucky's <laughs> got the inside track if they want him. If they want uh, him. I love this. He's a top 50 guy. He's a top 50 guy. He's definitely like a role in the sense that like he's going to come in and do a specific job. I like him. I think we should take him. But, um, you know, Cal yes. likes to slow, slow nope. play. So. Yeah, enough, enough, Cal. No, 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 no. Yeah. Pick it up, Cal. Fast. Lock him up. All right. Roster, assistant coach, recruiting. Last topic, I think. The Bahamas? Oh, yeah. Let, let, so, let, let's go to the Bahamas. Okay, Keep go right ahead. Out. Take it. All right. So, um, let, let me say this about the Bahamas. I don't think I'm actually going to be able to go because um, I've got other things on the calendar. My, my, my daughter's got band camp and there's some, some other stuff. I hope that you guys will be able to go. But if we learn anything from the Bahamas, what we learned is in 2014, Kentucky figured out who they were and they finished 31. In 2018, they finished 30 and 7 and they were the lead A team. I think this is fantastic for the Cats to be able to figure out who they are play together, gel, probably win at least three games. Maybe they'll win four. I don't know. There's there's some stiff competition down there. Oh, there is. Yeah, you know? there, there definitely is. But this is going to get them in a position where they've been able to gel as a squad. And every time that they do that, good things happen. Do you know the tw- 2011 team actually did a foreign tour? Was it Canada? I forget. They went to a Final Four. Bro, it's all about beaches, basketballs, and bikinis. And this, Carl- is, this is going to be amazing. Yeah, Carleton University out of Canada is mm-hmm. no one to fuck around with. They no. beat Baylor. They beat quite a few big-name teams, Ohio State. But, they, I mean, they did play – they did play with Canadian rules. They did play on their home court. It might be a little bit different, but I mean, Wait, yeah, what is what, what is Canadian rules? You got to like drink a beer, I mean, say, a t- take <laughs> off, eh? You just want <laughs> to say the other hey. team. I just want to say, the other hey. team. I think there's a 24 second shot clock. There's there's some differences. Um, they 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 have a very specific defense they like to play, which is like they like to force everybody left. So I tell them, okay, go ahead, force Severe Wheeler left. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, eh? Take off. <laughs> um, but uh actually I was discussing this with a few people earlier today. So Bahamas trip, the most important part about it is team chemistry. You get to see what you have and what you need to work on. You get to get some your feet wet. That's the most important part. Don't look too much into the opponents that they play. And who they beat, because I was very excited when we beat everyone in that, what is it, the 2018 season with Tyler Hero and P.J. Washington. We beat a lot of really great teams. Well, those teams were all hungover. So <laughs> they were all gambling until 5 a.m. the night before. It was first a vacation of, First of all, yeah. I, lo- I love that team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you gamble and drink all night, I think that's a good thing. Because Michael's going to do that all next week in Vegas, correct? Yeah, Rose. Uh, so I'm in Vegas, and, and let me say, while we're on this topic, should I every, come? I, I mean, both of you should come. Every year that I'm in Vegas, um, I, I'm there for business, and business will actually take place. Every year that I'm that I'm there, I always make the same bet. It hasn't paid off yet, but Kentucky to win the national championship, I put a hundred bucks down. And I always get basically the same odds. It's always eight to one. I'm hoping it's better than eight to one this year, but I do that every single year. It hasn't paid off yet, but please tell me I got a chance. You got a chance. That's a, that's a good, I mean, that's a great segue. We can talk about some of the top teams this year. We got some of the NBA draft decisions. Where, where do we rank? Um, I think with Shaden, we would have been a clear number one team, even though we probably oh. didn't deserve it. Because preseason number one doesn't really mean anything. I, I'm, I wasn't too hot on what Shaden could produce his first year. Like, he's going to be a good player, but I don't know how much of a big difference he would have made. It came down to a lot of different team aspects. We still got a great team. Even without Shaden, um, I mean, Athletic ranked us number one. Um, I think UNC 
Judging by how they ended the season's probably going to start number one. But keep in mind, their whole team changed when Brady Manick became a starter. They don't have Brady Manick. They do have that Matthew Mayer guy. Similar to Manick, probably not the same defensive player. Um, Gonzaga got Malachi Smith. I think I, I think Gonzaga will be not as good as they are next season. Uh, Kansas has a lot of new starters. Don't seem to be as good next season. Houston's going to be next, really good next season. Yeah. Houston's going to be good. UCLA is going to be good. I will go on record as saying Gonzaga is a fraud. Last year was their year, and it didn't happen. And even with Timmy coming back, it's not going to happen. Gonzaga, if you were going to win a national championship ever, it was last season. You didn't do it. You choked. You're done. I want to see how good Tennessee is going to be. I want to see how good uh, Arkansas is going to be. I, I'm curious about Arkansas. Can he jail all this talent and make it a good, viable team? We shall see. Exactly. I mean, I, I hope, think the I hope not. Is going to continue to be good, though. It's a wide open field. I think UNC is going to be good. I think Houston and Kentucky is going to be really good. I think UCLA and Gonzaga are frauds. Oh, you just called UCLA a fraud. Yeah, I don't like UCLA. I don't like. What about, what about Duke? I mean, Duke's got a lot of new players. They're they've got they're without a true point guard. They're sorry, without yeah. a true shooting guard. I I think they will struggle, and I pray to God they struggle because <laughs> I hate John Shire and I they, hate they got Duke a new coach and I, new coach and I hate Jay Lucas and I hate everything Durham. Oh my God. That's just me though. Uh, yeah. No, well, it's actually not just you. I'm not bitter. I'm just. I, mean, I don't like. I hate fucking. They're, they're going to start Derek Whitehead. Seems like it's at two if they don't get Courtney Ramey, who doesn't move the needle. And Derek Whitehead, I've been told, is the uh, Duke version of Archie Goodwin. That's just what I heard. Oh, he's fucking just <laughs> awful. Then, <laughs> good luck. No, he's good. He's better. He's good. Oh my god. Okay, so let's go back to the Bahamas, August eighth to the fifteenth. I will not be attending unless my GoFundMe account really explodes. I asked my wife, and she just laughed. Laugh emojis. Cruel. But, but we may meet up in, uh, in New York. So that's my next thing I'm selling. I'm like, hey, we're going to New York. You get to do all the shows, have all the funs, Why me and the guys go watch basketball yeah. and hang out at UK bars. Julie's on board with that, and I think we're going to try to make that happen. Let's pray to God we can do that. That would be my Christmas gift for the year, right there. I'm, also, I'm actually I'm selling it like it. That's my Christmas gift. That's all I want. That's a great gift. Uh, also, the Avs just went on a power play and took a two nothing lead. So I'm feeling really happy right now because go Avs go, go Avs go. Kiss the cup. My cousin, my my wife's cousin, kissed the cup once, and that's weird. Nice. He was an EMT. In Denver, and he kissed the Stanley Cup. Oh, very nice. Okay. Weird. All right. All right. Guys, I think we've talked about everything. We could probably go all night, but we just need to thank everybody that listens to our podcast every week. And shout out to Michelle, who demanded his podcast go out tonight. And I felt so much pressure all week. And work wasn't enough, Michelle. Thank you so much. We appreciate all the love. Thank you. You know, we, we appreciate, yeah, we do. We appreciate the support. And until next episode, keep sipping bourbon and go cats.